is an app called We Croak. It's a real app, and it's actually based on this Bhutanese tradition or folk saying that in order to be happy, one must be reminded of their death five times a day. It's a real app. We croak, and there's a little frog on it. And this app, since it's based on the idea that you have to contemplate your death five times a day in order to be happy, the app sends you notifications five times a day to remind you of your mortality. It sends you a poem or a saying or a quote. And the five times a day are never the same. It's random, and it's when you least expect it. And this app is kind of a big deal. It's been written up in all kinds of news journals and stations. It's made appearances in the Atlantic, the New York Times, the Christian Century, CNN, and many, many others. And when I first heard about this app, I thought, wow, that is really depressing. <laughs> but actually, it turns out I'm wrong. There are people who are reporting that they have found great happiness through this app. In particular, in the last two years. There are reports of people saying, I finally found inner peace with this app. There are people reporting, I have never been happier in my entire life than I am now with this app. And the thing about this app is there's absolutely no feed. You can't open it up and get lost in it. You can't look what other people are thinking. You can't look at what they're going to tell you. You can't look at past quotes or previous days. You can't look ahead at what's coming. You can only look at the one quote or the one poem that they sent you in that one moment. That's all you get. And the idea is that people are saying they read the post, they contemplate their own mortality, they put the phone down, and when they look up, they see the day differently. They're saying that when they're reminded that one day there is death, they can see the gift of life immediately. And it changes their entire perspective. All of a sudden, people aren't focusing on things that are frustrating or details that don't matter. They're thankful and they feel blessed that they get to be there to see it. And so, in remembering their death, they're given life. I am not recommending this app. I'm not not recommending this app. I'm only using it as an illustration for today because today is a weird day for us at the church. It's a weird day because today is called Palm Sunday, but it's also called Passion Sunday 
Because this is the day that we remember waving palm branches when Jesus walked in and came into Jerusalem. And everybody just waved. He came in like a hero. And they said, Hosanna in the highest. And they screamed shouts of accolation and joy. Only for what feels like moments later. To remember the day and the events that happened leading to his death. And so today is the day when we remember about five times the death of Jesus. And so today begins what we know as Holy Week. Those special, those sacred days that we remember the last days of the life of Jesus. And we very quickly are going to be bumped up to what we call Monday Thursday. Monday being a derivative of the word mandatum. Mandatum means mandatory, required. And so in our church story, in our scriptural story, it is mandatory for us, it is required for us to remember the death of Jesus because it's only in remembering the death that we can celebrate the life we've been given. And so we remember death to celebrate life. And that's where we are today. And in order to do this, we are actually going to spend time reading the entire passion narrative as told by one of our favorites, Luke. Our other favorites are Matthew, Mark, and John. <laughs> it's a little pastor joke there. <laughs> thank you. So today, thank you, we are going to read the passion as told by Luke. And you're a part of it. In just a few moments, the narrative is going to come onto the screens. And you can follow along. But when it says assembly, everyone, that's you. And so you can say those parts along with us. Now, I know you've probably heard this story before. If you have not heard it, please be prepared. It's very dramatic. And it's very intense. So if you're hearing it for the first time, just hear it with those ears. If you're hearing it for, I don't know, like the hundredth time or what feels like the hundredth time, I invite you to hear it with totally different ears too. If you are one of my pastor's helpers in the playground, if you are one of our friends in the playground, if you are one of our friends, not in the playground, but just want to think about my questions, you can do that with me. As you hear this story, here are just some wondering questions. I wonder, Pastor Helpers, if you can help me too think this through with the people at the playground. I wonder, what would it have been like to be at the dinner? I wonder, what do you think they ate for dinner? You can draw it. Whatever you think. I wonder, too, I wonder what would it have been like to be the girl? There is a young girl in this story. What would it have been like to be her? Then there's a man named Simon. And Simon's just a bystander. 
He was just walking around, and all of a sudden, he got pulled into the story. So I wonder, what was Simon's reaction? Do you think what he had to carry was heavy? What questions do you think Simon must have had? I wonder about friendship. There's actually a friendship that happens because of what we're about to hear. I wonder who else was at the dinner. You may think of your own wondering questions. As we read it, be open to where the question may take you and where you may wander. Right before we get started, I want to offer a time of prayer. Because any time we are here in worship and we listen to scripture, it's a good time for us to respond with prayer. And sometimes we respond with all sorts of sounds, and they're wonderful. And so I do want to also remind us that we do respond with our offering and our gifts. And so if that is something that you feel called to do today, we invite you to do it. You can respond with your gifts online. And your gifts go to support all kinds of ministries and work right here that happen on this campus through Chapel Roswell and Roswell United Methodist. And so we say thank you in advance for your time and your generosity. But with all of that, let's prepare ourselves to hear this passion as we go to God in prayer. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, This is a day that you have made. And this is a day that can be a little daunting and even confusing. But remind us of its importance. And so may we join in the celebration of Hosanna's. But may we also join in moments of remembrance. This day and Holy Monday and Holy Tuesday and Holy Wednesday as we prepare for those three days that come next. And Lord, help us daily to be more attentive and more attuned to your activity around us. And fill us with your spirit so that we may be more aware of your message. And forgive us for casting aside any time or any day that you have given us. And may we accept this next week, these next hours, as an offering to us, for us to use for your people. And Lord, we know that there are times of trial. May we be there to accompany those experiencing it. And through any time of great joy, Lord, may we be there to shout Hosanna with your people. And so help us now, Lord, too, to know the appropriate response for all situations. May we not act in our own interest, but in the interest of you and your love and extending it to all people. And Lord, may we grow in greater trust of one another. And in particular, may we grow in trust with those we're sitting next to. May we remember the people of this community of faith And may we reach out to our neighbors in Chapel Roswell when we need them. 
may you take this community and begin to let it thrive in your name only. Be with us now as we enter into this very sacred space. Amen. When the hour of the Passover meal came, Jesus took his place at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, It's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined. But woe to that one by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another, which one of them it could be who would do this? A dispute also arose among them as to which one of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I'm among you as one who serves. You are those who've stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you, just as my Father has conferred on me, a kingdom, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat, but I have prayed that you, for you that your own faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you've denied me three times that you know me. He said to them, When I sent you out without a purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? They said, He said to them, But now the one who has a purse must take it and likewise a bag. And the one who has no sword must sell his cloak and buy one. 
for I tell you, this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was accounted among the lawless, and indeed what is written about me is being fulfilled. They said... He replied... It's enough. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed. Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. And when he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. While he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, is it with a kiss that you're betraying the Son of Man? When those who were around him saw what was coming, they asked, Lord, should we strike him with a sword? Then one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the other chief priest, the officers of the temple police, and the elders who had come for him. Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a bandit? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest house. But Peter, following at a distance, when they had kindled a fire in the middle of a courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else on seeing him said, You are also, you also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour later, still another kept insisting, Surely this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. 
But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus began to mock him and beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, prophesy, who is it that struck you? They kept heaping many other insults on him. And when day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, gathered together, and they brought him to their council, and they said, If you are the Messiah, tell us. He replied, If I tell you, you'll not believe, and if I question you, you'll not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. All of them asked, Are you then the Son of God? He said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do you need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, we found this man forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priest and the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. But they were insistent and said, He stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea. Galilee, where he began, even to his place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a very long time, because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length. But Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priest and the scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod with the soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then he put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate 
called together the chief priest, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as the one who was perverting the people, and here I have examined him in your presence, and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him, neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted out together, Away with this fellow, release Barabbas for us. This was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have them flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder and he handed Jesus over just as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breast and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never mourn, and the breasts that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and the hills cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it's dry? Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by, watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, we, He has saved others. Let him save himself. He is the Messiah of God. He's chosen. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, if you are king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, Do you not fear God? 
since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly, this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for the spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home. But all of his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, they stood at a distance watching these things. And now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who through a member of the council had not agreed to their plan and action. And he came from a Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. And this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then he took it down and he wrapped it in a linen cloth and he laid it in a rock tomb where no one had been laid. It was the day of preparation the Sabbath was beginning. The woman who had come with him from Galilee followed. And they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. And then they returned and they prepared spices and ointments. And on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. Remember me when you come into the kingdom. In the face of death, 